Today's episode of The Lutheran Cartographer is brought to you by Audible. Get a free trial offer with a free audiobook at audibletrial.com slash Lutheran Cartographer. The Lutheran Cartographer, episode 20. Welcome to The Lutheran Cartographer, the podcast where we explore what it's like to be Lutheran in different places. This week, we are joined by Ben Hart. He is the Associate Concertmaster with the Louisiana Philharmonic. He is a private violin instructor and plays with the Polemia String Quartet. He is a parishioner at Salem Lutheran Church in Gretna, Louisiana. Ben, welcome to the show. Thank you. So tell us a little bit about yourself and how you ended up in New Orleans. I am a violinist by profession. And I grew up in St. Louis, born and raised. And then I moved to Nashville for undergrad. And I lived there for four years. And then I moved to Bloomington, Indiana for three years for graduate studies. And then uh, uh, having never been to uh, Louisiana before or New Orleans in my life, I suddenly got a job here, and uh, that's this is where I've been for the last seven years. Fantastic. So tell us a little bit more about how you would compare and contrast the different places that you've been. It sounds like you've been in tons of different places. What kind of makes Louisiana and New Orleans kind of unique among those, in either a good or a bad way? Um, well, you know, there's a, a comedian once said that the United States has three cities, New York, San Francisco, and New Orleans, and all the other cities are Cleveland. <laughs> so, I'd never heard that one before. Yeah. So New Orleans definitely has its own culture, you know, and, and having lived in uh, uh, St. Louis, well, in the mid, three Midwest cities and moving down, then moving down here. You know, there were certain things I had to get used to. Um, uh, you know, the way people talk is a little different. And the accents are different. Uh, uh, New Orleans, of all the cities I've lived in, New Orleans has the most pride in in who we are. I see. So there's a real kind of city spirit you might say definitely definitely and i think it's because new orleans has been through a lot you know it's because mm. everything down here is pre-katrina and post-katrina it's kind of like ad and bc you know so i'm i'm a i'm a i'm an implant and during the from the post-katrina year so I, i've always wondered what it was like pre-katrina but apparently it was totally different um but uh, you know, when growing up in St. Louis, I was a big Cardinals fan, and I thought, man, baseball people are just crazy for baseball around here. And then I moved to New Orleans and met Saints fans. <laughs> it's like ah, okay, so football is really the thing. Oh, it's a huge football town between the Saints and LSU. I mean, it's just nuts. People are the Saints are like it's ironic, but the Saints are like religion down here. <laughs> <laughs> That That is ironic. Okay, so we've started to touch on these things, but what do you like best about New Orleans? What do you really like about being there? Hmm. Well, there's uh, there's a lot of things. I mean, obviously, everybody knows that there's good food here. 
And I found that out right away when I came down um, for my audition with the orchestra in 2013. I, I, you know, you have to take an audition, but it's, 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 it lasts uh, several rounds. So first you play, and then if you get, you know, they knock some people out, and then you play again, they knock more people out, and they narrow it down to some finalists. So I played the first round, and uh, and I they said, okay, you have about two hours before you play the next round. So I went across the street, and I got this po'boy, roast beef po'boy sandwich, you know. Like, wow, that sounds pretty cool. And I ate it, and it was like heaven. I just... I was in such like a, a food uh, fairyland that I went back to the audition and I played the second round and I like couldn't mess up, you know, <laughs> it's just like, oh, wow. So I attribute my winning the audition here to the, the good food. <laughs> Excellent. I have a very different music and food story that involves being in choir on in college and being on a tour and going to a burger joint beforehand and it had quite the opposite effect of of your po boy <laughs> it was right. not good to sing with that that hitting your gut is uh anyway yes and, and mexican food is worse yeah so now that we've started talking about that let's digress on that just a little bit tell our listeners a little bit more what it's like to be a professional musician and going through the audition process and playing in an orchestra sure well i yeah it's um i know it's different from any other job because well first of all the schedule is is different it's a the the louisiana philharmonic is the only um full-time symphony in the gulf south so we play for 36 weeks of the year uh, basically during the school season and then we're off during the summer um but during those 36 weeks, we give uh, roughly 82 concerts, probably, and that ranges oh my. everywhere from kids' concerts. We play um, with movies, so so we'll we'll do a film projection, and we'll cut the they'll cut the music out, and then have the orchestra play it live. Huh. Uh-huh. So we do live soundtracks. Uh, we do our regular stage performances. We do operas. We do rock concerts. We, we have something for everybody. But it takes a lot of practice. And I've been playing violin since I was five. And uh, when everybody else was playing outside, I was that nerd and you know who was stuck in his bedroom playing scales. <laughs> well, I was not, not. That's kind of an exaggeration, but. You know, it, it took a lot of dedication and it always has to maintain a professional level on an instrument. All right. So let's get back to the good things. You mentioned the food. Is there any other things that you'd really like to pull out for our listeners in terms of like, here's a one thing I love or a couple more things I love about New Orleans? Yeah. Well, the you know, every, the weather is pretty intolerable during the summer, but during the year, all year round, we're gardening. So gardening, we're a zone nine, I think, which is a really great climate for growing things all year round. So, I mean, we are harvesting broccoli and cabbage and radishes during December, January. So, um, and the citrus down here is unbelievably good. I, you know, it's like fresh orange. I have an orange tree in my backyard, a lemon tree, a lime tree. 
just go out and pick an orange for breakfast right off the tree. You know, it doesn't get any more fresh than that. So, um, but the seafood is so good. Yeah, we talked about the food. Let's see, the gardening, um, the water. Our uh, water bills are like the cheapest in the country. <laughs> and we'll, we'll, when we get to the bad part of New Orleans, I'll we'll talk more about that too. <laughs> um, boy, there's a lot of history down here. I'm kind of a history nerd. Um, and then, there, of course, there's the music. Um, I'm sort of in the classical scene, but New Orleans is famous for jazz. Um, oh, I've really gotten into mixology since I got down here, which is the uh, uh, cocktails. But the history of, of cocktails and rum and spirits goes r- way back in New Orleans. Boy, there's just so many interesting things uh, to explore and... Yeah. So it feels like there's almost something new to discover in New Orleans all the time. Yeah, there is, especially when you get into the history of it. Okay. Odd and unusual and <laughs> unexpected discoveries. Okay. What, uh, would you mind sharing maybe just one of those kind of odd discoveries or historical things with our listeners? Oh, boy. Well,. I mean, a lot of it has to do with the details of, of cocktail making, and, and that's tied directly into the city. Um, I was reading recently about the St. Charles Avenue Hotel, and one of the one of the most exquisite luxury hotels in the world at, at its time. And it unfortunately burned to the ground several times, and now it's a big skyscraper where <laughs> I have meetings for work, you know, on that same same spot. Oh, I was just reading the other day about, you know, New Orleans has a lot of nicknames, mm-hmm. but we call it the Big Easy. We call it uh, the Crescent City. Um, and actually, the pronunciation of the city is kind of up to, for debate, too, especially for the, for the northerners. You know, I, I always thought New Orleans was the way you said it, but it's everybody down here says New Orleans. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So, okay. in fact, that's, that's the authentic way, as far as I can tell. Um, One more time. What's the authentic way? New Orleans. New Orleans. Huh. Yeah. All right. So you sort of skip over the R, New Orleans. Some people say New Orleans. Oh, yeah, New Orleans. There's a little bit, there's a little bit, few more syllables, New Orleans. So. Okay. um, But what was like, oh, the story about the, um, the Big Easy. It's called the Big Easy because back in the 1920s, there was a dance hall, which was just a couple blocks from my old house <laughs> in old Gretna, not even New Orleans, on the other side of the bridge. Um, and that that hall was called the Big Easy. It was called Big Easy. And it was only in operation for about six months and then burned down. And but in the 1960s, people started using that term again. So there's debate over whether that connects to the dance hall or to the a newspaper columnist in the 60s. Huh? Yeah, you find out all these little tidbits along the way. Okay, so let's switch over to the not so great parts. You've already mentioned the heat and the humidity in the summer. What are, if you want to say more about that, that's great. Or what are some of the other things that aren't so great about being in New Orleans? Well, I'm, I'm, as everybody knows, we have a lot of water. And it's hard. You can't live with it, and you can't live without it. I mean, it's, it's uh, 
when we're not flooding, <laughs> which, which it floods at the drop of a hat when it rains really hard, you know, and the, the infrastructure uh, can't keep up with pumping out all the water, then, you know, every year, some section of the city, everybody loses their cars or their houses because the water pumps were down or just couldn't keep up. So, yeah, we have a lot of water and we have to have sometimes they have boil advisories, um, which means that they've found E. coli or other harmful uh, things in the water. So you can't shower. You have to boil water before you do dishes or drink it. Oh, dear. Yeah. So it's in some ways you feel like you're living in the third world country. But, uh, of course, the politics are also a little... Uh, under par down here and uh uh the recent building collapse you've probably heard about the the hard rock hotel collapse downtown where they were building it. oh yeah uh-huh. and, you know and that's just a mess and it, we found out that city inspectors hadn't been to the site to do their job to, to check up on the progress of the of the construction and so there's still there's still a couple bodies that are in that rubble that just oh dear yeah so it but things happen like that and it's like wow if this happened anywhere else or it wouldn't happen anywhere else but in new orleans it's just like <laughs> common place you know floods and disasters and and i think that's also sort of what bonds people together too where which is where we get that hometown pride you know certainly yeah so Many of our listeners, at least those who were alive during the mid-aughts, will remember Katrina. But are there other hurricanes? Do hurricanes come through often? And how much of an impact on daily life is that during that season? Yeah. So um, uh, we get it seems like we get a, a serious hurricane heading our way every other summer or so or every other hurricane season. And since I've been here, we haven't really been hit hard. We've, we've had to um, shelter. They've shut the city down a couple times um, when it looked like something was heading towards us, but then it veered off another direction. Um, can't remember the names of them off the top of my head. Um, so uh, since I've been here, there haven't been any real serious storms, but... It's funny, this week we're dealing with the, the beginning, the coronavirus quarantine and all that. And every time a hurricane comes in, it feels like that. Everybody goes out, buys toilet paper and water, and can't find it anywhere. And then you go home, you sit in your house and you drink beer for a day or two. And then life goes. <laughs> so. uh, yeah, hopefully this blows over as quick as that does, but we'll see. All right, good deal. Let's take a moment to thank our sponsor. If you're listening to this podcast on the go, you already know the power of having audio in your ears. And Audible wants to put the books that you want to listen to there as well with their free 30-day trial offer that comes with a free audiobook. If you're not sure what book you should check out, this month I'm recommending that you check out Luther's Bondage to the Will. It's one of his great treatises and the one that he looked back on and said was one of the most important. So you can check that out at audibletrial.com slash Lutheran Cartographer. Let's get back to our guest. So tell our listeners a little bit more about 
what it's like to raise a family there? Well, it's not my first choice of city for raising a family. Um, my wife grew up in the country. She's from South Bend, Indiana. And uh, I grew up in the suburbs. And so I was used to having a bigger yard and, and lots of space to run around and do sports and when I wasn't doing my scales, you know. Um, and uh, down here, the property sizes are all very small. And it's, I think it's because New Orleans is a very compact city. We've got a big lake on the north of us. We've got, um, we've got a, a swamp to the west and swamp to the south and ocean to the east, basically. So there's not in the river was <laughs> hemming us in. So there's not a lot of room for expansion we were blessed and we were able to find a house here after, um, my second daughter was born and, uh, we have three kids and another one on the way. <laughs> oh, congratulations. That's yeah. wonderful. So, uh, two girls and a boy so far. Um, and so we did buy a house with a yard so they're able to play and it's a smaller yard than I'm used to. Um, but, uh, it's other than that, it's it's fine. Um, I wish we were closer to family, but that's just us. You know, that's not really a New Orleans issue. But yeah, it's really helpful to have family in the area when you're raising kids. That's true. So, what do you know? What the schooling situation is like in the area? Are there Lutheran schools in Louisiana? Uh, is homeschooling a good option? What's schooling like there? Yeah. Well, we're doing homeschooling. Um, I was homeschooled K through 12, and so was my wife, Anna. So we know how it works. Excellent, yeah. And we know what, we know what, what works and what doesn't work. So, um, uh, so my oldest daughter is five, and she'll be six in May. So we're right at the start of homeschool. But I do feel sorry for the people who are opting um, – to do other or other alternatives because the public schools are really expensive are, are not so great and the private schools are very expensive hmm. um, and then there's some charter schools which are better options but those are hard to get into i see um so the schooling options are pretty limited um and there is a homeschool community down here which we're discovering slowly but surely okay so let's transition and talk about some of the things that you would recommend checking out, things to do, things to see, places to eat. Of course, we want to encourage people to go to the Philharmonic if they're in. But uh, what else would you recommend? <laughs> well, that was going to be my first plug, actually, is you've got to. <laughs> okay. Well, don't let me steal your thunder. Tell us how great <laughs> the Philharmonic is. Oh, no, no, I, I did. I told you we were... Uh... We have all these varieties of concerts that we play. Um, we've got something for everybody. Um, okay. So, but uh, boy, what else is there? One of my favorite places is the National World War II Museum. It's huge. You'll need three or four days if you want. If you're like me and you want to read all the plaques, you know, and not skip anything, you'll need three or four days to get through it. Um, and they keep expanding all the time. Back in the uh, in the forties. Andrew Higgins uh, sort of employed the whole city building these landing craft like they use on D-Day where the guys, the ramp drops down, the guys run out onto the beach. So so uh, there was a strong connection to D-Day in the city. 
and they opened this museum as the National D-Day Museum, and then recently it became the National World War II Museum. So that's a really nice place to visit. Um, the Philharmonic, uh, we have a good zoo, which is connected to our aquarium and insectarium. We have a brand new uh, children's museum, which just opened up uh, a couple months ago, and I have not been there yet, and I'm not sure I will until this whole virus thing has passed. <laughs> but uh, that's worth checking out. City Park is... Uh, using a lot of movies and stuff because Louisiana is pretty big uh, movie filming location, and especially in New Orleans. So uh, City Park is very scenic. It has the huge live oak trees spreading their branches out over hundreds of feet with the Spanish moss hanging down. Beautiful. We have oh, so many great restaurants. I mean, where do you start? There's Commander's Palace is a great one. They have a, a, a really famous brunch uh, you can get there. Being a cocktail guy, uh, I, I, I enjoy um, this place called Latitude 29, where you can get uh, tiki drinks, but not the sugary, syrupy, uh, 80s and 70s and 80s style tiki drinks. This is like the dawn of tiki, <laughs> the original Mai Tais, the original uh, Mai Tais and... Uh, Pina coladas, you know, everything that was coming around back in the 40s and 50s. Boy, well, we have the Ruby Slipper. Uh, you've got to make it to a, at least one po'boy place. And I would recommend Parkway Bakery or Parkway Deli. And uh, also uh, uh, Bears Po'boys at Germano's Restaurant. Okay. Is that where you got your audition winning uh, po'boy? Oh, no, actually, that was a place called Dolly's Deli. It's a gas station. <laughs> Most oh, of the okay. <laughs> boys are served at gas stations. <laughs> All right. And, uh, and that one, I went there a couple weeks ago again, and it had changed um, changed hands. So it's called something like uh, Raging Cajun or something like that. But, yeah, it's still good. <laughs> All right. Good deal. So we've talked about the good and the bad and what it's like to raise a family there as well as like, hey, these are the things you've got to check out. But this is the Lutheran cartographer. What would you say it's like to be Lutheran in New Orleans? Yeah, well, um, there aren't many Lutherans. And uh, there may have been more in the past. I know Salem, Salem gets about 35 attendees on a Sunday. And I know it used to have hundreds, you know, and there would be two services and and uh, there were more when the school existed, but the school has since closed. And I, we visited several um, LCMS churches in the area, and they have similar um, attendance. So, as you know, New Orleans is a historically Catholic, Roman Catholic town. In mm -hmm. fact, um, you know, all the states in the country are, have counties except for Alaska, which has boroughs, and Louisiana has parishes which is connected directly to its, the Catholic history. Um, so I think there is some um, trans like flow of membership between the Lutheran Church and the Catholic Church down here because they're pretty similar. So if, you know, and, and um, we have lost some of our members to the, to the Catholic Church. And then we recently have gained a few from them, you know, up with the direction the Catholic Church is going these days. 
Um, I think that the ELCA membership is is more down here, but I and I think that's pretty much how it is everywhere. Um, but the the Lutherans are are a small and tight knit group, and we have some very faithful people at our church, uh, very warm hearted families that have welcomed us. So. Excellent. So quality, not quantity. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> All right. Good deal. Okay. So I feel like I would be remiss if I didn't ask you, as I have a, the opportunity to to ask a professional musician this, for those in our audience that play a musical instrument, what would your advice to them be in terms of it continuing or tips that you have in terms of practice, practice or what what would your words to the musicians in our audience be? Right. Pra- that's it. Practice, 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 and practice the right way. Because, because it's, you need 45 minutes of conscious, conscientious practice every day is going to be much more effective than three hours of, of just playing through something. So you really need, you need to identify the problems you have and do lots of correct repetitions. You need to listen to the per, to the great players of your instrument so that you have an image in your head when you go to practice of what you want it to sound like. Because if you don't listen, then you only have an image of yourself and you'll just sound more and more like yourself and you won't make progress. <laughs> so That makes sense. I My organ professor, his, his bromide was perfect practice makes perfect. Exactly. Exactly. Yep. All right. Good deal. So anything else that you'd like to tell us about being a professional musician before we start transitioning into the, the end of the podcast? Um, people ask me sometimes if I play any other instrument. And I do play a little bit of piano and then the viola, which is similar to the violin. It has three strings in common. It just mm-hmm. it has a C string on the bottom and it lacks the E string on the top, which, which is what the violin has. So, um, and I do composing and arranging. Uh, I'm a member of the of the Polemnia String Quartet, and then I teach privately. So, a musician's life is never just one thing. <laughs> we, I, I'm, and I love my career. I wouldn't trade it for anything because I'm doing what I love, and I'm doing a, a variety of things. And no, there isn't any one day that's the same as another. You know, it's just. Um, it's great. I'm really blessed to be able to do it. Yeah, that is really good. So now let's talk about the things that you'd like to point our listeners to, whether it's to a place to pick up the music you've composed or your church's website. What would you like to point our listeners towards? You can certainly come visit our church anytime, Salem Lutheran and Gretna. I think we still have a website. We have a Facebook page. If you want to hear some of my music, uh, or you can go to the uh, Louisiana Philharmonic's YouTube uh, channel. Um, uh, and when I was young, my siblings and I had a, a band called Hearts on Strings, and we produced our own hymn albums. Uh, so, and I know, I think, I think a few of those tracks are still being used on the radio in St. Louis, you know, for some of the Lutheran Hour broadcasts there. Uh, so yeah, hearts on strings and we have, we made two albums. Um, and yeah, I guess 
I'm still building my own website. So like, unfortunately, I can't point you to any of my individual stuff. But we have the uh, the Polemian Quartet also has a website where you can hear some of my quartet performances. Fantastic. We will have links to all that stuff on the show notes page for this podcast, which will be lutheranCartographer.com slash 20. So go there and check out all the great things that Ben just told us about. Ben, thanks so much for your time today. What are your parting thoughts for our listeners? Well, uh, right now we're in a crazy week, which like none of us have ever experienced. So I guess I'd just like to encourage everybody to to stay safe and to pray and to ultimately trust that uh, God is going to be with us through this time and um, and to have faith and not give up. Well said. Thank you again. God's peace. Thanks, Nick. It was fun. Thanks for listening to The Lutheran Cartographer. For more about all the cool things that Ben told us about today, be sure and visit the show notes page at lutherancartographer.com slash 20. If you'd like to check out that Audible offer to get that free audiobook that you get to keep, even if you decide not to continue with their service, that's at audibletrial.com slash lutheranCartographer. Last, I want to encourage you to check out and subscribe to the show on Stitcher or on iTunes. That way you don't miss an episode. And while you're there, leave a rating or a review so that more people can see the show. Thanks again for listening. I'm Nicholas Weber. I'll talk to you soon.